1: Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Open House, a fresh, fun, and real podcast where I, Louise Rumble, invite you inside the therapy room with me to learn from some of the very best psychologists, therapists, and sex and intimacy coaches that I have found. No topic is off the table, no question too juicy, and no experience too shameful. At Open House, everyone is welcome, and we're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all, because we believe that true happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you to be. As ever, please remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and you should always seek professional medical help when necessary. Now, let's get into it, and I'll see you on the other side. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Open House Podcast with me, your host, Louise Rumble. And today I am here with the incredible Dr. Terry Mack, clinical psychologist, relationship expert, and OG of the Open House Podcast. Today is part two of our avoidant attachment series. Today, we are discussing all things Alex Earl. Now, the whole world is obsessed with her and truthfully, I think she's great too. I think she's fun. I think she's real. And so there is no shade in any part of today's episode. It's delivered with love. It's delivered with insight. We're just gonna use Alex as an insight into the avoidant attachment style. Now, if you don't follow her new podcast, Hot Mess, and if you didn't watch her on the Call Her Daddy the episode with Alexandra Cooper. It's really interesting to be able to learn a little bit more about the emotional pain points and the emotional vulnerabilities of these people that we only see the highlight reels of their life. What I have done is pulled out some of the sound bites from these episodes that basically imply that Alex is more of the avoidant attachment style. And after the first episode, I messaged Terry being like, I think she's avoidant. And Terry was like, I think so too, but we need to wait and see. Then in her Paris episode, she just said, I've been talking to my therapist about this and I'm more avoidantly attached. I was like, there we go, bingo, we were right. And I think it also just gives us permission to not speculate and hypothesize about her attachment style. She's given us that info, we're gonna get into it. So the first thing that she talks about in her episode with Call Her Daddy is how she went through a lot of trauma as a child. There was a big public scandal involving infidelity, her father, her mom, and her new stepmom, And she said... It felt like the whole world crashed down in that moment. I didn't know the severity of what had happened between my parents. I kind of figured it out by myself and then proceeded to deal with it myself she found out about it through Googling on her iPad and she never spoke to anyone about it. She also said, I would just try and push it down a lot of the time. Like I would try to not comprehend it. I felt like I was leaning on myself a lot of the time because I didn't want to stress anyone else out. So Terry, what are your thoughts on this avoidant trait of like handling things all by herself?
0: Yeah, so my thoughts when I read this are, obviously this is a big trauma and probably impacted the way that she views relationships and men. But what was interesting to me is the way that she chose to deal with this. And I think she was, this is like when she was in third grade, right? So she was eight, nine years old. She must have learned at some point when something big or scary or painful or confusing happens, it's probably better that I keep it to myself. She didn't say, I Googled this. I found out what happened between my parents and I ran to my mom or I ran to my dad. I asked all kinds of questions. I was upset. I was scared. She says that she felt it was best to push it down, try not to think about it, not bring her feelings to anyone. So to me, this suggests a pattern And that somewhere in those formative years, Alex learned that in order to navigate her family, suppressing feelings was a way to do that. So, this is a coping mechanism, I'm guessing, that she learned very early on.
1: Yeah, she actually said that her mom didn't tell her anything, like her mom protected her, which I totally understand why that was done that way. But I guess the flip side of not telling your children anything that's going on is that maybe they've learned to shut down and not communicate during difficult times. So do you think that it's fair to say that you can develop this more non-communicative and avoidant trait if you were brought into quiet families who don't talk about uncomfortable things or don't have conflict?
0: Yes. And when we say don't have conflict, what we mean is they avoid conflict. (laughs) They have conflict within themselves, but they don't vocalize it. And avoiding conflict can lead to an avoidant attachment style. It's all suppression. Instead of bringing our feelings to the surface, expressing them, we do the opposite. So, yes, I think even the fact that Alex's mom chose not to talk about it, again, out of protection of love, I'm sure that taught Alex something about what do we do in
1: stressful times and painful times. I think this is so interesting because I've spoken often about the avoidant guy that I was like, in inverted commas, in love with for years where like we just kept texting and calling and he didn't live in the same country. And I was like, one day we're going to be together, one day, et cetera, et cetera. And he is German. So culturally comes from like massively suppressed, like do not talk about emotions, like hard, et cetera, et cetera. And really recently he actually said to me that I've just realized the way that my family shaped me. They always told me to just not make any noise, not put my head above the parapet, just to stay safe. Because he was talking about launching a new business where he needed to be seen, he needed to be out there facing video content. And he was like, I'm just realizing how my childhood has taught me to stay safe, stay quiet, stay protected. So I think that's really interesting.
0: Yes, absolutely. That is a pattern that you just talked about. And another pattern I think that we just need to touch on a little bit is the fact that Alex's dad cheated on her mom with a call girl. So there was infidelity, right? And then with this new guy that Alex is seeing, the NFL player, there were rumors that he was cheating on his girlfriend with Alex. Now, Alex says that they were broken up and that didn't really happen. But when we talk about unconscious attraction, we continue to play out patterns that we've seen or that we know in our bodies. The other piece of that, so I think we're talking about Alex Earl being avoidantly attached. I think another thing that's going on is because her dad, who was married to her mom at the time, cheated with a call girl, this, I would say, undoubtedly left Alex with a severe trust wound with men, right? So how is she ever supposed to trust that a man who's supposed to be committed to her or in a relationship with her isn't going to hurt her? knowing what her dad did to her mom and essentially to her family, even though now they've made up and the two families are joined and they get along well. In third grade, this choice that her dad made really tore her world apart, her family apart. So as we get into some things that she says now about how she views the relationships and men, I think it's a combination of avoidant attachment, the trust wound and the unconscious attraction all at
1: play. Oh, wow. I've never even thought about that. Like the inherent male figure in her life, like blew everything to smithereens. And so of course she might have a trust wound or slightly broken relationship with the male figure or any male figure in her life. Now, do you think that that might be why she shows up not only avoidantly attached, but with this like deep trait of independence? Let's talk about that because she said a lot about independence in her podcasts.
0: Yeah, she talks about this a lot, how independent she is, how she just wants to have a like cool girl summer, hot girl summer with her friends. She feels like, like she can just cut people off. She can cut men off when she's done with them. I do believe that this is very much connected to the trust wound because the man who was supposed to care for, love her and protect her, her own father, made decisions that Again, blew up her world, hurt her mother, destroyed the family. And somewhere in Alex's body, I would guess that those fears are at play. How is she ever going to fully trust a man with her heart again? It seems like, I don't know if Alex is aware of that, but my guess is underneath everything, there is this huge fear of vulnerability
1: and being hurt again. And I don't think she wants that to happen. Yeah, so some of the sound bites from the episodes were when she said things like, I like to get to know them first, but I also value my freedom and I'm very independent. So I struggle with that a lot. And then she said, I'm more of an avoidant attachment style. I'm good with myself. You can be there if you want to be there. I'm more just like secure with myself and I don't ever really need someone. And then she was saying to her sister, like, you're you're the opposite. You like to rely on someone. So let's talk about this trait as well, where the avoidantly attached think they're secure, because I think that happens all the time. And I think she has just shown that.
0: Yes, I mean we see this a lot because avoidantly attached people think, well, I I'm not needy like that anxiously attached person. I don't need people that way. I'm better. I'm secure. I'm healthier. But what we hear Alex saying is really on one end of the spectrum of this independence, right? So there's like people that are completely dependent, can't be okay on their own, and then there's hyper independence which means I don't let people get close to me. I'm not gonna rely on anybody else. And again, that causes its own problems. So what I hear her saying, again, is this fear of when she says, I'm secure with myself, I really don't need anyone. I think the real truth might be, I'm scared to let anybody get close to me. I'm scared to depend on a man again. I did that once, it was my dad. And his decisions really hurt me and our family. And I think we see this with a lot of people, a lot of women who have a father wound or have had experiences with men in their life that were supposed to care for and protect them. And they've experienced betrayal, hurt, abandonment. They carry that into adulthood.
1: Yeah, that's so powerful. I think another avoidant trait that comes out through some of the things that she said is potentially viewing relationships as being something that are like heavy on time and commitment required. And I do think, yeah, her whole life has just changed. She's literally a global superstar. She's just graduated college. She had this crazy summer. Like I do think to some extent, like, yeah, absolutely agree that maybe right now isn't the time for her to get into a relationship. But I want to talk about that because she says, I don't want to be tied down right now. And I'm not even talking tied down in the sense of going out and dating a million guys. I'm talking about tied down in a sense of when you have a boyfriend, You have to answer to that. You have to talk to them. And I know she's like kind of joking, but also jokes give us an insight into the truth. Am I right? Absolutely. And also, if you're going to be giving your
0: time to someone, communicating with someone, and at the same time, you're trying not to get too close, that is going to feel like hard work. That is going to feel like a job. So I think what she's saying is when I'm in a relationship, I only want to give so much or be so close again because of these fears she has. So that push and pull does sound like hard work for her.
1: I also want to ask you if you think this is similar to when people just say, oh, I'm just focusing on my career right now. And I'm guilty of this, so I'm not judging anyone that has done this. But is that also something you see with the more avoidant attachment style? It's like, there's never really a right time. It's like they're focusing on something else. And maybe when they get that sorted, then it will be the time for love rather than the truth, which is that like love can occur simultaneously to everything in your life.
0: Yes. I mean, I think sometimes there may be times where people are focused on their career, like pockets of time where people are focused on different things. But if it's a pattern where there's always something, there's always resistance to that commitment or building of intimacy, that is more likely to be an avoidant
1: trait for sure. Okay. This is fascinating. I feel like we need to do this more. Like I feel like every single week we need to be analyzing what is going on because this is so interesting And what we've done so far is talk about like the root cause of this potential avoidant attachment style and the childhood wounds and the coping mechanisms and how it shows up feeling independent and things being like an obligation. I want to talk more about the trigger and how the avoidant gets triggered and then their defense mechanism is to pull away, to put space between them, to put a barrier between them. So she hard-launched her boyfriend, Braxton Berrios, on the red carpet at the ESPY Awards. Now, this is what she said about that in the podcast. She said, the next day, I see articles everywhere of Alex Earle has hard-launched her boyfriend on the red carpet. And honestly, this is like an issue I have. But that made me want to run in the other direction after seeing those headlines. And that was when I was basically like, I just want to take a step back for a second. What are your thoughts on this event happening and her just wanting to step back for a minute. I think this is a very clear example of what
0: happens when an avoidantly attached person gets overwhelmed or triggered. So she sees all these headlines, all these stories being told now, Alex Earl is in a relationship. And I think she got triggered. All of her fears came to the surface. She got overwhelmed. And so yes, she wanted to kind of disconnect from him, from that relationship, from that story and get back to that sense of independence where she feels safe because there is no fear there about being attached to somebody else.
1: We spoke in the last episode about how biological all of these attachment styles are, the avoidant attachment style included. So do you think it's fair to say that the day after this happened when she was seeing all these headlines that probably she was having a biological response in her body just as much as a psychological one? Absolutely. I think the biological
0: response comes first and then she copes psychologically with how to get back to a regulated state. That's just how it works when our attachment systems are activated.
1: Okay, I have another question for you. This one is a little bit weird. She calls her boyfriend, NFL man. And I saw a comment yesterday on one of the TikToks being like, his name is Braxton Berrios. Like, Use your boyfriend's name. Do you think, I mean, obviously it might just not be that deep. It might be a branding thing. It's like fun. It's part of her brand. It's whatever. And There was this mystery around it, but everyone knew who the boyfriend or who the guy was that she was seeing from the beginning. Do you think that is almost like distancing herself from like the reality of like, he has a name, this is real. Or do you think I'm really just thinking into that too much?
0: No, I think that is a way of her creating that buffer that we've talked about that avoidance like. Like she's sort of minimizing the importance of him in her life. He doesn't even get a name, he's just NFL guy. <laughs>
1: The only reason I'm laughing is because if you flip it around, the anxiously attached would be like, this is Braxton Berrios. And then thinking in our head, like, he's my husband. Here's our Pinterest board. I've already chosen the venue in my head. Whereas the avoidantly (laughs) attached, they're like, he's not even worthy of a fucking name. Right. So she is minimizing
0: his role in her life. She's keeping him at a distance in these small ways and... The other thing that I want to say, which is a little bit out of left field, perhaps, is that when you think about her dad and the fact that he cheated with a call girl, the marriage ended with Alex's mom. I really think that unconscious attraction is coming into play here because she continues to choose these really like successful attractive men, professional athletes. And I don't know this guy. I don't know the past guys that she's dated. My guess is she's not assessing these people for like emotional safety and security and high integrity and emotional intelligence. Men that would actually allow her to be safe or be able to build a relationship. Because of her avoidance and her fears, I believe of intimacy, And just because she's in the public eye too, and she's beautiful. Part of me worries that she's going to keep creating a pattern where she's choosing potentially men that maybe could hurt her if given the chance. Again, I'm not, I don't know this guy personally, I don't know any of his history, but I just wanted to point that out that when unconscious attraction is at play and we let our fears kind of run Things, we tend to choose people that will recreate our past situations. So that's just always on my mind too, when I'm thinking about her and her relationships and dating life.
1: Yes. And also her past boyfriend, I don't even know his name, but I know that there was lots of speculation. And I think she's touched on it as well, that he would never even post her to Instagram. He would never post her to TikTok. Like he wouldn't, claim her and say like, this is my girlfriend, which is crazy on so many levels. But there also is, again, maybe pulling at straws here, but there's some connection here with like being the woman that's like kept in the dark rather than being like front and center. Like she, Alex has very much posted about Braxton, like when she has decided the time is right. Like she didn't post about him for ages. And then she did like a TikTok. And then she did this birthday post for him where they were kissing in front of a sunset. It feels like she is the one that is controlling the pace. And I think that's just also really interesting because maybe he is smitten by her. Who knows? We don't know anything about him, but it might be like, if you want to be with me, like I'm the one that needs to set the pace of this. And again, that's not how a healthy partnership unfolds.
0: Yeah. And I think actually talking about her ex, I think based on what we know about Alex and what she said about herself, if a guy was posting her all the time, celebrating her, claiming her, I think she'd be repulsed.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Because that's like, she she was in the relationship that made her feel comfortable and safe. Oh, but then if they'd actually done it, she would have had that like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? Oh, it's like, oh my goodness. That makes so much sense.
0: Yeah. Because on the call her daddy podcast, she talked about, she brought this home, this guy home one night, she was making him a drink. They were in her kitchen and all of a sudden she looked over and he looked so happy. He was smiling so big that she got the ick and kicked (laughs) him out. And that to me was like, damn, like anybody who likes you too much or who actually is excited to be with you and isn't playing it cool and dismissing you, you're not going to be available for that person
1: wow, you have dropped some serious home truths today. I didn't even think about that. I do remember it now that, yeah, he smiled at her and looked too happy and she was like, you've got to go, like you've got to leave. And again, that's just her biology just like shutting down, just being like, nope, like this is not going to happen. That is so interesting. So if at any point Alex decided she wanted to come on the Open House podcast, because I'm sure that's going to happen one day very soon, calling her in. If she was sat here with us What would you say to her? Well, I think the first thing I would say to her is
0: that I understand where her distrust of men comes from. And I guess I would ask her if she's even aware of that because I don't know if she is, but I would want to gently point that out to her and validate that it makes sense. And just to kind of lay out a different path, maybe when she was ready to think about what it might be like to be with a man who actually wants to know the insides of her and isn't so focused on the, the external beautiful parts of her, which it's so easy to do, but also what it might be like, and I'm sure she would say it would be terrifying to actually open her heart to love and intimacy with somebody. And to give up a little bit of that independence that she clings to so much right now. I mean, there's so many conversations we could have with her. I think it would be amazing to be able to speak with her and help her dive a little deeper.
1: I agree. And I think my message for Alex would be like, her whole brand is this like hot mess, fun party girl, right? I understand branding. I understand you got to do what you got to do. I understand that this is also probably what she is like, but I would just say to her, like, I've been that girl and like... In the partying every night and the like looking amazing constantly, it's very easy to just stay surface level with everything like money, athletes, like photos, et cetera, et cetera. And the second that you start to open up those like really dark places, that's really where the life-changing stuff happens. It's where you end up in like a deep partnership, a partnership for the rest of your life where you are loved wholly for who you are and everything you have gone through and no one will ever hurt you because they understand the deep depths of what's happened to you and how it impacted you. So yeah, we'll do something on The Party Girl soon. Alex, if you're listening to this, we have a space at the mic whenever you want it. We will fly to Miami tomorrow to have you on. But most of all, as ever, this is just delivered with no shame, no judgment. I think it's just so interesting for us all to understand how inherently human we are, how inherently biounique unique we are, and how most of all, we're all just shaped by what we've gone through. So if anyone was listening to this and you want to request anyone else for us to analyze, let us know. We would love to do more of these episodes. But until then, celebrity relationship expert, Terry Mack, who literally goes on television to do this so you couldn't be talking to a better clinical psychologist or a better woman in general. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I have loved doing this with you.
0: Me too. Thank you, Louise. I love you. I love you too. Bye.
1: Hello, I'm Mark, and I'm Bethan, and we're the hosts of Seeing Red. We deliver intriguing, terrifying and dumbfounding true crime stories each and every week. With a focus on cases from the UK, we do occasionally venture overseas, we've covered everything from the mysterious death of professional footballer Emiliano Sala to the attempted murder of Victoria Silias, a woman who fell from the sky and lived to tell the tale. Binge our bulging back catalogue and join us every Wednesday for a new episode of Seeing Red.